0: Hello friends, I'm Luke and I serve on the music team at Holy Family. We continue to hear stories from people like you who listen to the Holy Family podcast and consider Holy Family your church. And whether you're someone who's constantly on the go, hasn't found a church community where you live to which you can belong, or someone who's wondering about the shape of your faith, we are honored to be with you by sharing these reflections from our Sunday liturgies. We rely on the generosity of our congregation, which includes you wherever you listen, to help our ministry achieve and maintain financial health. If this podcast has been a gift to you, would you consider making a contribution so that we can continue offering resources that welcome questions, curiosities, and doubts? You can make a gift by following the link in our show notes. That's at holyfamilyhtx.org.
1: Who among us have never prayed prayers like Martha and Mary prayed in today's gospel? You know what, Lord? All due respect and everything. If you had actually bothered to show up, the worst day in my life wouldn't have gone down. Now, I know that we're in church and maybe your church of origin didn't accustom you to being able to just talk frankly like that with the living God. But I find that this is one of the continued gifts from God's chosen people, the Jews. You start reading the Old Testament, God's chosen people have no problem saying to God, I was under the impression you were God. Did I get that wrong? Were you on vacation? Did you have something better to do with your time than show up to me on the most important and worst day in my life? So I just want to say to you, if you are ever a person who has felt like maybe it didn't feel particularly pious to talk to God that way, but that was what was real for you, that's very normal. And religious communities like ours have got to get better at normalizing the actual lives we lead rather than pretending and creating these personas about what we think it means to be someone who cares about God and cares about being close to God. The truth is, life (laughs) Life in Jesus Christ can have such high highs because as the Creed said, he's ascended to the right hand of the Father. But you know what the truth is? It can have really low lows as well because it says he descended to the dead. And I don't know what you walked in here with today. Today may be the worst day of your life or it may be the day after the worst day of your life. And if the only prayer you have to mutter today is, here I was thinking that you were God, pull it out of the envelope. Survey says, I'm not so sure anymore. If that's all you've got today, I think it's okay. And we're just honored to be with you. And I hope that you will discover in this community, people who have the courage, but honestly, the faith that it takes to prayer prayers like that. The people who never have doubts always make me go, hmm, okay, um, give it a little bit. The whole point is not to have doubts. The whole point is to try to find the resources available to you to talk honestly about the life that you live. And there are times when the appropriate prayers to pray are to God that sound like this. You know, if you had shown up, they'd still be alive. And that's about all I have to say to you today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, Jesus gets deeply disturbed twice in today's gospel. I wonder if you've ever spent much time reflecting on what on God's earth would deeply disturb Jesus. Twice in this story, Jesus is deeply disturbed because one of his beloved friends has died. In fact, when Jesus starts to weep at the loss of his friend, some religious people pile it on. Religious leaders, like me, pile it on and say, you know, wasn't he supposed to be powerful enough to stop stuff like this? It occurred to me in reflecting on this text this week that at some point, we all decided that part of what it is that God is expected to do is to make sure that terrible things never happen to people like us. Now, I'm not sure that we ever consulted God on that, but we sure have decided that's how it ought to be. And then Jesus Christ does what only Jesus Christ can do. He doesn't necessarily respond. He doesn't receive the prayer as bait. He just receives it and then pivots and does what only God can do. He prays to the first person of the Trinity and then it's, this really interesting verb that isn't associated with Jesus all too often. It says that he shouts. That he screams. I mean, I doubt that your precious moments, Jesuses and your whitewashed Jesuses often have Jesus, you know, being so upset that he would shout or scream about something. But here you go. In today's gospel, Jesus Christ screams into the abyss of death with tears in his eyes. Famously, one of those shortest verses in the Bible, Jesus wept. With tears in his eyes, Jesus Christ screams into the abyss. And there's some people that say, you know, they want to do some sort of like systematic theological move on this and say, well, see, that shows Jesus's humanity. One, I just am totally uninterested in trying to parse out which parts of him are human and which parts are divine. We just have the whole Jesus and He is who he is. Furthermore, if anything, if Jesus is God, you know, the one giving life to everything, I'm pretty sure tears in your eyes screaming into the face and pit of evil and death saying, this is not how it should be. Seems like a pretty good God move to me. And as he screams into the abyss, he commands his friend by name to come back to life. One of my other duties in this diocese is to facilitate theology courses uh, at the Iona School for Ministry, and uh, one of my learners in that course, we were talking about this text one day, and they said to me, I kind of always assumed that the reason Jesus shouted Lazarus's name was because if Jesus were to just, like, shout and not be specific about the name, there's a risk that, like, all of the dead would have come out of the grave. We get a zombie movie on our hands. That's the good news. What does Jesus Christ do? Calls dead people back to life. Calls things that appear to be dead back to life. Relationships, communities, circumstances, people. And then he turns to his people standing nearby, and he gives them a vocation. Did you see it in the text? Jesus Christ screams into the abyss, calls his dead friend back to life, and then he turns to those standing next to him and he says, Now you get in there and unbind Lazarus. Do you see the distinction? Jesus calls people to life, something that only God can do. We're pretty great as far as creatures go. But one thing that we seem to be unable to do is to call people back to life and at work. But then he graciously co-ops people like you and me into the divine work and says, now that they have been brought back to life, you get in there. And with that person that I have brought back to life, help them get unbound from all of the cloths of death that are clinging on to them. I think there is a vocation for us if we're going to be church. I mean, if this continues to be a thing that it's just like a group of individuals that you think are mildly interesting that you want to pop into, that's cool. But if you actually want to be a church, you want to be a community, You want to hear some sort of vocation. Today's gospel would put it like this. God is the one who is always bringing people back to life all the time. It's just what God does. We should be the kind of people that God can always turn to and say, now that dead person is not going to be able to get those corpse clothes off of themselves, but you could go and help let them loose. You could go and help unbind them. You could go not as a savior, but just as a mutual friend and help let them live into the liberation that is available to them. I think that is what it means when we say that we want to be a church for people without a church. And I hope, I mean, there's lots of different reasons why churches can exist. This church has not been around since 1856. And if we're going to continue to be around, it's theologically at least, I hope it's because people have no idea how loved they already are by God. People have no idea, and we're people. It's not other people. It's people, and we're people. People like us and people everywhere have no idea just how much God is bringing us to life. We have an opportunity to bear witness to a deeper story, a more subtle story hopefully a more beautiful story that says in the face of death, somehow God is bringing people back to life. And if God is bringing us back to life, we can actually help one another be present with one another and gently remove these cloths of death that try to convince us we're still dead you are being brought back to life in God already. That is God's work in in and through you. God is bringing you to life. And if you're going to come and participate in a community like this, I hope it's because you can help show me and us all of the ways that we are still convinced that we're actually still dead. But instead you can remove those cloths of decay and actually invite us into the loving, liberating, and life-giving future that God has for us instead, because basically everybody else is just going to continue to tell us, no, death is it. That's the story. You're dead. I'm dead. We're dead. It, It is what it is. Jesus Christ is actually giving us a better way of being community with one another. And I'll tell you why this actually matters to me. It's not because I've chosen this as my career. On this exact day, 24 years ago, my dad died by suicide in his jail cell. And it was a church. Definitely not a perfect church. Definitely not a church that I even like agree, you know, certainly don't. We don't see eye to eye 24 years later. And it was real people who showed up in my life on kind of my worst day. I'd been 16 for a few days. And you know, my dad is back in jail again, and he dies there. And it was a church, people like you, who just showed up and didn't try to theologize that. They didn't try to make sense of it. They were simply with me and bore witness that even in death, God is bringing people back to life. And that just because I had experienced my worst day, it didn't mean that that was my last day. That there was an opportunity for God to bring me to life, even when I couldn't see it. Because the whole point was, I couldn't see it. But they befriended me. And I just have to tell you, especially if you're a regular here, you'd have no idea what people walk in with. You just don't. Every single time people walk in this door, the only thing we ought to say to them is, I'm so glad I get to be with you today. I have no clue what you're carrying, but I don't judge you for how you're carrying it. I stand in awe that you've been asked to. And if there's an opportunity for us to enter into mutual modes of ministry together, where I can put an arm around your shoulder, or you can put an arm around mine and give each other just a little bit of strength to keep going and to believe that love itself is more powerful than death, then that's why we're here. That's why we do it. There were real people in my real life who showed me just how deeply loved I always was by God. And people showed that God was bringing me back to life. That's why I actually give it. That's why I actually care about this stuff. That's why I care. It's not the, I mean, that's just it. That's it for me. That's all in for me. And I don't know what you come for, but I hope that you will discover a living God who is giving us the gift of one another to say, can you help me get these loss of death off? Can you help remind me that even though they stink and even though they fit my body perfectly, I'm not actually dead. I'm actually being brought back to life. And if I can build enough trust with you, you might actually let me do the same for you. And this kind of vocation, I hope, if we get it right, will avoid the imperialist colonizing impulse that has dominated so much of Christian vocation for a long time. But instead, our work is to say, where is God already at work? And let's just go jump in on that part. Let's go have fun wherever God already is. Who's God already bringing to life? Let's just go celebrate with them. Because we believe that God is already present. And without us and without our permission, God right now is bringing people back to life. Without us and without our permission, God is bringing communities back to life. In love, without you and without your permission, I choose to believe that God is bringing even you back to life right now. Therefore, I think in the name of God, we are free to enter into mutual relationships with people that God brings back to life. And we can help one another gently remove the burial cloths of death that always want to cling on to our corpses. God in Jesus Christ gives us the good news. Living beings have no need for burial.